Welcome everyone to the How to Get the Most Out of College podcast. There's a lot of talk about where to go to college, but not nearly enough about how to go to college. And it's the everyday decisions that drive your success. I'm your host, Elliot Felix. I've been a consultant to more than 100 colleges and universities, helping them improve their student experience. And I'm the author of How to Get the Most Out of College, where I take what I've learned about how college works and make it work for you. Finding the right fit for you, the right size, the right setting, the right focus is such an important way to succeed because what you do in college, how you go to college matters, but where you go to college impacts how you can go to college. So I'm really excited to have Dr. Nancy Hubbard, who's the Dean of the College of Business at the University of Lynchburg with us today to talk about finding the right fit. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the college. So I am a British transplant. I grew up in the U.S., spent 20 years in England working and studying, and then returned back to the United States. And since returning back to the United States, I have worked at colleges that change lives, two colleges, Goucher and then here at the University of Lynchburg, teaching in business and now running uh, a college of business at one of them. And it's been a really interesting experience teaching business in that kind of environment because the, both of those colleges had really unusual fits. And it really clicked with students. You either loved it or you didn't. And if you didn't, you didn't go there. But it, it was just a different environment for teaching business. So more of a liberal arts environment. And we view business as a multidisciplinary offering at a liberal arts school. So we have philosophy, math, uh, logic, accounting is logic with numbers. We have sociology, psychology, philosophy. All of these get mixed up into a multidisciplinary college of business. And I think in a liberal arts college, you get more of that, which is what was really appealing to me. That's really cool. Learning business in the context of liberal arts and learning those durable mindsets and skill sets, the critical thinking, the communication, the collaboration. That's so great for setting students up for success, not just, you know, their first job, but their fifth. That's really great to hear. One of the things that I like to tell students is you'll be really good in Excel and WordPress and those kind of skills that'll help you get a job. But the liberal arts skills that you get, the critical thinking, all the historical context and everything is going to get you your job 20 years from now. Because, you know, when I was in college, I learned Fortran. I have never used Fortran in my life because it's a dead, dead computer language. But the critical thinking skills will stay with you forever. Did you also learn Latin? I did not learn Latin. I managed to avoid So that. only one of the two. Yeah. So I would love to hear, what does it look like to find your fit? Can you share a story of a student who, you know, found their way to the college and how they knew it was the right fit for them? One that's really interesting to me that really resonated with me was when my fairly quiet son enrolled at the University of Syracuse. And he was enrolling in classes. He got into the intro of psych class. There were 499 students in the class. He enrolled in the class. Ding! The class fills at 500 students. And he looked at me and said, there are 500 students in this class. I've never been in a class that large. And Syracuse is not that big a school. It's not like the University of Illinois. And when I tell that story to students that are looking here, I can promise them that will never happen here because we don't even have an auditorium that holds 500 people. So the classes here are capped at 30 in the College of Business. 
even the intro classes. So they develop a much better rapport with professors very early on. That really makes a big difference. So I can tell a parent who's looking at having their child come here or another institution. And we, we cross list a lot with James Madison. And I can say, if your child comes into my class and really looks like they're upset or under the weather or they haven't been there a couple of days, I'm going to contact that student and say, is everything okay? You can't do that when you have a class of 500 students. Right. So we try to, that's one of the things we really pride ourselves on. Our professors are all research one, top tier academics, but for whatever reason have come to teach at a smaller school. And I think a lot of us that they miss those interactions of being this sage on the stage. And you don't have that here. And, and it really makes a big difference. And where I see it best is if, you know, if we have the, I call them the pick me kid, you know, who's in the front seat. He's like, pick me, pick me. I know all the answers. We can push that kid to the point of their, you know, their maximums. But what we really excel in is getting the quieter kid to develop the confidence and the self-assurance that they can answer the questions just as well as the pick me kid, but they don't need to show off in front of their, their peers. They answer when it's appropriate and they, they take part in a lot of discussions. That's really great. And I think it's a great illustration of like the impact of the, the scale and the, you know, the kind of relationships you can build with faculty. You know, what's the flip side? Like what, what are the pros of going to a place with a 500 person intro class? Like, is it you get exposure to more things or you have more choices, but, or what, you know. Network, you know, yeah. I mean, we have a pretty good network. We've got, you know, Nobel Peace Prize winners and, you know, CTOs at big firms. But I think it's one, we don't have football. We don't have the brand name that a Clemson has, you know, there or a Harvard or, you know, big mm -hmm. old, older schools. I think in a lot of cases, we don't have the resources that they have. I was down visiting a friend at a very large ACC school. And I looked at their trading room and it, you know, it was kitted out. They had 30 Bloomberg terminals. We've got one. We still have one and the kids still get trained on Bloomberg terminals and get certified, but we only have one. But the flip side of that is we have everything that the big schools have. And instead of having 2000 kids buying for the 40 spots on the student managed investment fund, we have a smaller pool of students. So pretty much if you're interested in being involved, we'll find you a job on it. And you'll still get Bloomberg trained. So I think in that respect, you can be a bigger fish in a slightly smaller pond, but we're a well-stocked pond. We have everything. We have, right. we have a focus room, which is something that I don't know of another university in the entire state of Virginia that's got a focus room. So our marketing students can practice leading interviewing techniques and practice interviewing for not only on campus in the community and businesses to practice market research. And that's something that, that's pretty cool because there, there really isn't anywhere else you can do this. In like, the a, entire like a behavioral lab kind mm -hmm. of thing? Yeah. That's great. So it is a fully kitted out focus room. So with double window glass and, and the whole bit, it's, it's great. Really great. That's awesome. So part of FIT clearly is about scale and there's trade-offs between, you know, relationships and resources and, and people can find their sweet spot. Like... What else should students be thinking about in terms of fit? I would say topic and what do you really want to study? And one of the things I say to students a lot is not what do you want to major in? I'll say, what do you want to do with your life? Learning That's an easy question. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, I was, you know, I'm over 60 and I still don't know what I'm going to do with my life. But, you know, at least I'm doing something that fits with it. But 
it's, you know, I keep saying when I grow up, I'll figure out what I want to do, but I'm not growing up too fast. But it's important, I think, for kids to be able to say that A, they can change, that they can switch majors or topics or just whole areas. And, and I taught a, one of the intro classes that when the freshmen came in, 15 out of the 20 kids in the class wanted to be doctors, physicians. And I could tell you after the second quiz, one had a shot at being a physician. The rest just were not going to make it. So then it's a question of saying, you have this, all these options and opportunities open to you. What do you really want? What do you want to do? What is important to you? I want to help people. I want to do something in the medical field where I help people. Okay, well, there are all these options that are open to you. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a physician. And it's having, if you have a relationship with the student and get to know them, you can have those kind of discussions. And then right. being able to say, hey, maybe, you know, talk to this faculty member because they're in this area. It's not my area, but I think they'd be able to help you. And then passing the student over to someone who is in that area who would do it. And one of the things that I, I will say with my colleagues here that is extraordinary is the level of student focus and really caring about students. So if I, the number of times I've had faculty reach out to me and say, hey, you know, Fred wants to do, Fred wants to have his own business doing this. Will you talk to Fred? Of course, I'll talk to Fred. I'll talk to Fred as much as Fred wants me to talk to him. And, and everybody on campus is like that. And it's, again, it goes back to those relationships thing and time. That's interesting. It's like, what do you want to do with your life is the jumping off point. And then there is the follow-up of sort of bring it down to like, where do you want to start, you know, and then where might you go, you know, go from there. You know, did you know what you wanted to do when you were 18 years old? I did. I mean, since middle school, I wanted to be an architect and that worked out really well. But then after working as an architect for four years, I realized that I could have more impact if I started earlier being the one to kind of define the problem to solve as opposed to being the one to solve it. So I knew where I wanted to start. I thought I knew what I wanted to do forever, but it turned out I knew where I wanted to start. And then that created a good jumping off point, you know, going from design into strategy. I think what you're describing a lot of kids have, they know they kind of sort of want to do something over here and they yeah. hear the major and they think that is, that applies to that. And you're like, but you can, you know, many ways to skin a cat here. You can, you could do this, you could do this, you can do this. And I think with a lot of kids just sitting and having kind of a, a meaning of life discussion. Well, and I think the other thing that often makes it so tangible is having a role model. Like if you can work on a real world project or do an internship, or you can meet someone who has the, the job or the career that you think you might want to have, that's a way to make it more tangible. And you don't have this kind of theoretical, like architect, doctor, you know, archetype, but you actually have kind of like a real person who's had real experiences and can tell you what they did in college and how they got from college to career and, and so forth. We love that. I mean, almost everybody in our college business has had job experience outside of academia. So we all have war stories of silly things that we've done and mistakes we've made and also good things that happened and how one thing led to another. And we give a lot of practical advice along with the book knowledge. And I think that's really, really important. I'm not a big believer in just theoretical writing for the sake of writing. I really like practical experiences. We do a lot of experiential learning. And we have a lot of case studies of businesses in town. So we have a class where we do digital media marketing. And we've had so many businesses ask us to help them 
So we're working this spring with a local leading bank. And we're setting up their entire social media platform for the, the classes. And then the students That's great. see what happens and they see, you know, they see nobody that works in this department started out with this major because it didn't exist, you know, five years ago. Right. So they're seeing how you can make these career paths and transitions. And, and they're learning that you don't need to know what you really want to do when you're 20 years old. You just need to get the skills that are going to help you in the area where you think you want to go. You know, you may be a relationship person. I had a young man who had a really rough start in life and a really rough start to his freshman year. I mean, just had a horrible experience this freshman year that really messed up his grades. His grades were terrible. But this kid was such a great kid, first in his family to go to college. So I reached out to a local bank and I said, don't look at his grades, give him a chance. And he's been there three years and he is lighting it on fire. So awesome. but it's, you need to have those relationships in order to be able to go out and do that. We've talked about scale relationships and kind of focus slash career. What else, you know, as students are trying to find the right fit, what else should they be thinking about? I would say you learn as much from a failure as you do from a success, especially in things like internships. So a lot of kids will say, well, I, I did an internship and it was a disaster. I couldn't stand what I was doing. It was horrible. Like, no, that's fantastic because now you know you don't want to do this. Yeah. Better to learn that there, way than the actual position. Exactly. You, know? you don't want, and, yeah. and I've had kids that, that have been halfway through a major and said, I did my internship in this and I, I didn't like it at all. I'm like, okay, well, how are we going to pivot what you've learned into what you think you want to do now? So it sounds like finding a place where you can get exposed to a lot of stuff and you can experiment is also you know, a key thing to look for. Well, and that's one thing we've noticed this because we have a lot of professors and kids who are at colleges and universities all around the place. Some are here, some are elsewhere. And one thing that I've noticed that I've heard from some of my other colleagues is that they are required to start down a path at some institutions that if you are, say, a junior and say, I really don't want to do accounting, I want to do marketing, you have to start all the way back as a freshman again. So you know, you're starting back to ground zero. I would have been in college for 20 years if that had been the case with me because I, I kept mean. switching majors because every time I take a class, I'm like, I love this. And then I take another class, I'm like, I love this too. It's so soon, you know, I would have been jumping all over the place. One of the things we do here that I really like is we have a business core and it doesn't matter if you're doing accounting or digital media or human resource management, you're still going to take the core. So as long right. as you are deciding before your second semester junior year, you can probably switch and not actually cost you any time. That's another thing to look for is that flexibility. How easy is it to kind of change your mind or change your focus? And, you know, what would the penalty be, you know, in terms of time or money associated with that and kind of like what's in the core curriculum? Absolutely. And, and it is amazing really how many students we have come in who decide their second semester sophomore year, they've taken a business class because their roommates took a business class. They really liked it. And they say, I want to be a business major now. Like, okay, you can major in business. You know, you have time to do it. You have to plan their schedule a little more carefully because we do have a lot of laddered classes. You know, you need to take this one to be a prerequisite for that one. So we have that. But if you have good advising, you'd be able to graduate without any problem. So this is such a, a great checklist for success, you know, in terms of the focus, the flexibility, the advising, the relationships, the resources, 
I'd love to know your thoughts on how students and families can figure these things out. Like how can they ascertain, you know, the accessibility of faculty or, you know, the degree of resources or support they might receive or the quality of the advising or the amount of flexibility. How can people figure this stuff out to make better choices? It is so hard, especially if you don't have anybody with that experience in your family. You know, I have one student I've taken under my wing probably more than other students. She doesn't have anybody in her family who's been to college. So when she has a problem with her advising, she'll just come in and be, what do I do? So we laid out her whole, she's borrowing money. She's paying for her own college. We've laid out her whole schedule and, you know, figured out how much it's going to cost and what she's going to be able to do and, you know, how long it's going to take and everything else. If you don't have that resource in-house, like a parent or an aunt or an uncle or a sibling who's been to college, you're really flying blind. And I think it is really, really tough to do. And a lot of what you think that's going to be attractive, maybe like you looked at like, hey, these are great dorms. That doesn't really matter. You know, and you look at this, that's not what matters because you don't know what you don't know. And it's really hard. And I think, you know, an idea of a checklist or a book that, you know, something that you can go through and say, tell me, at least let me understand what I don't know and what I should be asking is the way to I, go. I can think of at least one book. I can too. <laughs> so it sounds like one thing is tap into your networks. People have been there before, siblings, friends, family. But then also, you know, if you don't have those resources, those relationships, try and find it elsewhere, you know, through a book or through a counselor. Absolutely. And counselors, I would say, are an incredibly good resource because this is not their first radio. They've been through this yeah. before and they hopefully know the student as well as the institutions enough to see a fit. Talk to an alum. I mean, that's one thing I would say is talk to someone who's been to the college. If you're interested in three colleges and your counselor says, well, you know, we had someone who went there five years ago. Let me reach out to them. Talk to them. But it takes a certain kind of student to have the confidence to do that. And, yeah. you know, it, again, we were talking about it before. I think with the post-COVID student, you're going to find a lot of students that really don't have that level of confidence to go reach out to someone they don't know and say, please tell me about your experience at, you know, this institution. Yeah. One of our episodes is on networking and like how you build confidence to do that, reaching out. So folks can check that out. Philip Wilkerson from George Mason. One of the things is we, we teach kids how to network because they don't know how to do this in a professional way. They know how to go to a party, maybe, and talk to a friend, you know, meet someone at a party. But, you know, how do you do it in a business context? So our career development office literally has classes on, you know, how do you network? How do you do this? How do you hold a, a beverage, a plate, and shake someone's hand? And then give them a business card because, you know, they get free business cards here. So they've got a business card to give them. How do you give someone a business card and ask for a business card in a way that doesn't sound goofy? And, yeah. you know, all of this is learned. I mean, we all learned how to do this. Most of us learned, you know, the hard way, but we found it's easier to teach kids how to do this. But the problem is getting a 17-year-old who has no experience of this, you know, how to do that. Sounds like another thing to look for. Look for a place that's going to help you think about and build the network and help you make some of these kind of class career connections more explicit. Absolutely. And, and one thing I'll tell you that I, that I have found here that's been really great 
is, you know, every once in a while we'll get this student who comes in, you're like, holy smokes, you are really exceptional. And one of the things that's been really nice is we had a young man come in, valedictorian, phenomenally smart kid. So he's in our honors college. But I reached out to one of our board members who was a very senior Microsoft employee and said, do you mind mentoring this kid? He's interested in doing business and computer science. Will you mentor him? He said, sure, happy to. And making that kind of connection, getting someone, you know, this young man, his parents went to college, but it was just pushing him a little further in a way that's not what we do for every kid because not every kid wants it, needs it. It's ready. Benefit from it. But it's creating other touch points at the university, you know, for students to get the most out of it. I really appreciate all the insights today about kind of like what to look for, both to find fit and I think out of that fit, you know, value and impact. So Nancy, Dean Hubbard, this is really great. I really appreciate your time and suggestions today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. It's an area I care really a lot about is getting kids to the right college for them. That's awesome. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And check out ElliotFelix.com for all the episodes and the articles I've written, talks I've given, and more information about the book. Mm-hmm.